Some people may romanticise about the idea of one day walking into their office and telling their boss they quit. Not for a similar job that pays better, but to follow their dreams and to bring to life the idea that's kept them awake at night. Well, that's what Omeka did. With his sister and now business partner, they are founders of the critically acclaimed world's first Nigerian tapas restaurant, Chukus. He left a career as an award-winning strategy consultant to grow the brand. He's since grown as a pioneer in the restaurant industry, with Chukus listed as one of the 15 most exciting food and drink brands in the UK and winner of the Young British Foodie Award. Passionate about rewriting the global narrative around Africa and sharing stories of entrepreneurship, he has previously featured on Sky News, BBC Radio 4 and in The Guardian. He's also spoken to audiences at London Business School's Africa Business Club and the Africa Foundation for Development. He's since written recipes for Sainsbury's and The Telegraph, contributed to three community-centric cookbooks and has been a judge on the BBC's MasterChef. In the conversation with Emeka, we talked about the process of leaving his job and how his mum would say, have options. The realisation from doing his first Chukus pop-up, which highlighted the gaps in knowledge around the industry and how those gaps were filled quickly. The challenges of opening the restaurant to the public just three weeks before the pandemic started, but how the restaurant is now in full swing and the everyday realities of being a restaurateur. I think it's a really nice shot as well. Be able to get everything in. So, obviously with the questions and stuff like that, cheers mate, bless you. I've got to get those shots for that. First one. Yeah. Welcome to Chukus. Thank you. Uh, I'm really excited to come man, honestly. Really, really yeah. buzzing for today. It's been, uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, yeah, so the world's first Nigerian tapas restaurant. Um, yeah, founded by my sister and I. Um, really just wanted to bring Nigerian food, Nigerian culture, you can see the art, the music and stuff like that to to the UK um, in the way that we kind of saw it, rich, beautiful, you know, colourful, flavoursome and accessible. Mm. Um, my sister and I were students of our, of our heritage, of our culture. Yeah, it was super important for us that we had Nigerian food presented in a way where our own diaspora, our own community are going to be really for it. Mm. Um, that's like bedrock. But then with that establishment, then it to be accessible sufficiently enough that different people around the UK, different backgrounds can come, enjoy and be introduced and immersed into this culture because for us, yeah, we want to be very loud and proud that Nigeria is cool, Nigeria has, has lovely things, you know what I mean, and by extension Africa as well. Um, we didn't think we could do justice to the whole of African cuisine and culture, we could just about do justice to Nigerian cuisine and culture. Big continent, uh, right? It's a big continent, it's, <laughs> it's a big country, like we're talking about, you know, I want to talk about the country, uh, the continent as a whole, but country-wise, we're talking about 200 million odd people, um, 300 different ethnic groups, 500 different languages. It's, it's, it's super diverse, super vast, uh, eclectic, 
Um, and that's important that eclecticism is important because at times, even from a diaspora perspective, um, the culture can be a little bit vacuum packed and we kind of wanted to unpack that a little bit and be like, yo, actually, um, there's a bit more here. Let's dive in a little bit more. And then, as I said, for those who have minute or not too much of an understanding of it, let's give you a bit more breadth mm. than what you may, you know, may have already just heard about or may hear about. Mm. So that kind of talks to you, brings me nicely onto the plates because everyone talks about, oh, tap our sharing plates, like why? It's like, because it allows us to do that diversity. Mm. Um, we get to explore different regions, like genuinely go home, go to places that you know, are not where our parents are from, or our mum is from, or our grandparents are from. I get to learn a bit more uh, and then try to bring that back, uh, whether that be through the food, whether it be through the music, whether it be the art, whether it be through the kind of things that we share through our newsletters and you know, just cultural aspects. Um, and then the other thing is with like the sharing place, if you haven't had the opportunity to try something before, I think the best way to try it is to get a sample of different things. Um, and so that was that was what it was all about. Like, well, in one sitting, got not knowing anything about that Nigerian food or flavours, you can get a chance to try eight different flavours in one in, in one sitting. Rather than if you came and just had like you had to select one dish, then you're only ever gonna have really known about that that one one dish. Um, so that's where the kind of the share plates kind of concept came from. And as my sister and I were thinking about it a lot, it was like, okay, cool, sharing plates in a really kind of like boisterous, warm, you know, vibrant atmosphere. It was like, okay, cool. There's this thing called tapas. You know, I'd actually lived in Spain before, and like, you know, it was like actually maybe that's the kind of concept we were talking about here. Um, it's not a fusion. It was that we, our only, our only inspiration really is Nigerian food. Mm. Um, and then we're thinking about, okay, how do we take those dishes that we know, that we love, ones that we've found out about, discovered, uh, fallen in love with, and put that in a sharing plate concept mm. type of stuff. So the innovation, the creativity comes from, okay, cool, flavor, be authentic, but how do we now translate that into something which we can put on our menu in a, in a tapas format? And how critically also is that going to be something that when someone comes out on the table, we're going to like, oh, snap, like, that's cool. So that's the, that's the innovation in that sense. So um, I'll just kick off with a couple of dishes. So like the jollof quinoa, um, jollof, one of the most celebrated West African dishes. Um, different countries have their own variants, but critically, different people, aunties, have their own variants, right? And I, I always love to kind of lead with this because, like, I got my mum who cooks it one way, yeah. or my auntie cooks it another way, yeah. and my girlfriend cooks it another way. Now, it's a lot of beef about the jollof. Let me let me, <laughs> let me let me be careful because I love them all and I love all of their jollofs, yeah. but it's all different. And so yeah. then, when we came up with ours, like, okay, cool. We're gonna have our like, yeah. like, like for me, it's not about cooking 
Nigerian jollof. It's about cooking jollof, which is for you, your household, how you mm. want to do it. You like lots of spice, you cook it with lots of spice. Some people like more salt, you cook it. You want it with a meat stock, cook it with it. I'm a vegan, don't cook it with it. Do you know what I mean? So like, I think you've got to, you know, there's all different types of rice that you can cook it with, right? Um, we decided to go completely different, cook it with a completely different grain in quinoa. Yeah. Um, but we can cook it in a very similar way. Um, how we grew up, we're known about, you know, red onion, tomatoes, ginger, uh, red peppers make that into a lovely a lovely sauce and then you're steaming the the grain in this case quinoa for it um, we smoke as in in um, weddings parties nigerians there's you know, smoke smoky jollof rice is is uh, is the thing and so you know we have that kind of party party style um, jollof in uh, in our quinoa i'll jump onto the gussie bowl next uh, it's like one of the standout dishes on <clears throat> on our menu. By design, it's a standout dish because one of the key pillars of Nigerian cuisine is a soup or a stew. And when I say super soup, it's not thin soup. It's a you know, rich kind of stew soup, then which you're then dipping into it like uh, some sort of starch, mm. uh, which has been moulded into a, a large ball. Um, soups and swallows is what one of the kind of known ways of describing it. That's in English, obviously. Whatever their ethnic language, they will have their own terminology of saying that. So that's so important, and there are so many different variants uh, of that. Mm. We really wanted to have that as a standout, and Agusi in particular is the stew that my sister and I love, grew up with, childhood favourite. Um, and then pounded yam is actually one of the favourite kind of starches. Actually, not my favourite. Okay. Uh, my favourite is uh, one called Eba, uh, which is actually Gary, which is grated cassava uh, granules, which you then make into dumplings. It's got a bit more of a bitter taste, and but for me, it's like wow. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I love it. Absolutely, like, <laughs> love it's, like it's, it's my thing. But so then we took a gusi. And then again, the creativity now comes from like how how do we make this into like a tapas style? Mm. And typically, one person will have a big bowl of stew and a, and a bowl. Uh, yeah, I actually ate it last night at home like that. Um, it's not really going to work in a in a tapas restaurant sharing kind of setting. So then we had to kind of think about that. Um, there's another soup and swallow uh, dish called abula. Um, which has a tricolour of, 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 uh, of stews that you kind of mix in and that was a bit of an inspiration and kind of took that kind of tricolour aspect and reflected that on Agusi, take picked out the quintessential ingredients and separated them out and made them into their individual stews. Mm. Then took the, the one starch ball and divided that by three so that it's something which very easily can become share, a share Now, even though it was stand out by design, um, didn't really appreciate the reception it would get. Um, it was the hardest dish to kind of get right, like conceptually, like throughout all our, you know, we were doing pop-ups for years and we never got an agussi dish. We tried it in different formats, bear in mind, um, that really banged. 
Um, we worked really hard in the kind of 2019 period as we kind of in the lead up to us getting this restaurant open in 2020 on something that would work for the restaurant and be at the same level of the other dishes as well. Um, do you think yeah. there was such like an emotional connection to it with yourself and with your home and your heritage on that on that particular thing? Like you said, you had it at home last night. It's something that really means a lot to you. So like that pinnacle in your mind, like you really wanted to give it justice, kind of thing. Yeah, but even still, like I wanted to be give it justice, but like I, I didn't expect it to be the number one seller on that in the house. Right. Because in particular, they. When you, uh, I thought conceptually it's like maybe one of the harder dishes for people to kind of really wrap their mind around. Wrap their mind around, yeah. And it just like, like it just they embraced off. it. Yeah, just embraced it. Like it, it actually because of that emotional connection that I have and how oh, I said importance in terms of like culinary pillar soups and swallows have. It warms my heart to see like all the different people back on the people just going like, yeah, I'm eating grissy. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Like, that, Welcome. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, you know, people go, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I go out jollof, but yeah, I've had plantain, yeah, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, I had some soup, yeah, cool. You know, you know, meats, was, you know, very seasoned, spiked, but it's still meat. But like, to saying that you're quintessentially having that, yeah. that for me is one of the key intro points to Nigerian cuisine and then from here I could give you another kind of super swallow concept yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So bang on the money for that, it's super gassed. Um, uh, this little one here, um, Sinasa Mian Taoshe, um, still don't know if I'm really saying it correctly because I don't have any Hausa <laughs> friends. Um, so like Hausa Fulani is one of the largest ethnic groups in, in Nigeria um, um, in their base in the north. Uh, also, be find them in, in Mali as well. Um, and another Mali or Cameroon? No, Mali, Mali. Cameroon's to the east uh, as well. And. When was this? 2018 now. Yeah, 2018. I went off to Nigeria uh, and went up to the north. Uh, and I just went on a trip. I, I just want to discover this culture, this cuisine. A lot of the diaspora in the UK are from the south um, and that's really important just to kind of have that understanding because as a result the diaspora and, or the, the Nigerian culture is dominated by those ethnic groups who are who are you know uh, situated in, in the UK uh, yet there's this you know whole other other regions of their own uh, story, to tell. story to tell right like and again as I said like I'm never going to do justice to it all because I'm, I'm not, I'm not you know, an expert on these things, but I'm a student. So like, finding out about these, these like, these like rice pancakes and these sauces, I was like, there's another one actually called Massa, um, which I was trying to recreate. Couldn't, couldn't get a bang on the money, but this one came where, and boom, like it's there, and then you have like Nigerians been like, oh, what's this? I know, I know, this is, this is our food, man. You know what I mean? So that, 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 no, 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 but that, that's super, that's what I'm saying. Unpacking the vacuum packed yeah. culture, like, like just open our minds a little bit more about, you know, what we have. Uh, and I say that in a sense, for my, even for myself, right? Like, uh, I don't know anything, so that I'm so open to like hearing stories. I talk to my, like, my great auntie a lot, who is an educationist. And she has stories for days to tell me, and it's super interesting because, like, obviously, 
you only heard, you only know what you know, right? And there's so much kind of history and knowledge um, to, 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 to be found out about. So that one's super cool. Um, then you've got the various various meat dishes. Uh, I'm not sure where to pick, where to pick at. Mm, I'm going to talk about this, this, the two suya dishes. Uh, I'll talk about suya in general again. Uh, it's a spice, it's a dish. So suya, you have like, it's a peanuts, cloves, chili, cloves, chili, ginger. Um, so super rich like seasoning. Um, which we usually marinate meats with and then grill on an open fire. So we take the same that same seasoning uh, and the dish that is the meat grilled on an open fire is called suya. So okay. you can have suya chicken, you can suya beef, but when you just say suya, typically it's going to be beef. Uh, but you can have it with chicken, sometimes prawns. Um, so we take that same seasoning and the grill concept and made like meatballs. So still beef, but meats obviously roll them, grill them, um, marinate them and then, and then grill them and then similarly with the prawns, um, we pan fry the prawns but then there's honey suya sauce so it works, uh, yeah just happy that it works and then this little, these little croquettes here, um, the ojojo, uh, which actually uh, aren't usually croquettes in Nigeria, they're more like fritters, Yeah. Um, it's a slightly different yam so yam huge many varieties um, in England it's probably one of the easiest yams to get hold of is uh, Puna white yam um, and we use that already in yeah, it gets used in Nigerian cuisine in different in different ways but the ojo draw itself is typically used water yam now water yam when you grate it it's full of liquid um, and then you usually bind, use that liquid to bind the, the ojojo itself and then fry it. So it's kind of, when, it, when you cook it, it's more like a fritter. Here we're gonna make it more like a croquette with, with um, kind of more pureed yam. So the water's but, like really starchy and then you use that to basically uh, like- starchy, the... it's more like, I don't know what the phrase is, that kind of more gloopy, I don't know. It's okay. Called, yeah, uh, but yeah, you essentially, it, 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 Starchy, and then encase starchy. it, and then like encase it almost, kind of. Yeah, thing. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. here we 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 roll it. Yeah, we kind of puree the yam, mix yeah. it with the mackerel, roll it, and then uh, well, toss it in the in the, in the bread crumbs. So yeah, but again, it's, it's said. <laughs> you know, we're not, we're we're not saying that each dish is cooked exactly how it is. We're talking about flavors, uh, and that's the most important thing about the flavors, about the ingredients. You know. We don't use potatoes because potatoes isn't the main yeah. thing. We use yams, we use cassavas, you know, those root, those root vegetables that, you know, are, are you know, uh, linchpins of, of yeah. Nigeria. You're taking people on a journey, right? Yeah. So, you know, we need to kind of stick true to those those dishes, those, those flavour profiles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And then the, the desserts is, uh, so Nigerian cuisine is not, big on sweet foods so that we get the biggest opportunity to kind of play taking some of the the key ingredients we've got a yam brownie yam is like the king of nigerian crops yeah. um, as uh, many kind of importance traditionally in terms of demonstrating power in terms of demonstrating wealth okay. uh, demonstrating masculinity plantain boom it's the this Super lovely, 
super versatile. Um, we enjoy ads primarily as right. Um, you can use it green, but like whereas compared to like in South American cuisine, they, as far as I know, tend to use it more in the green variant, mm. use it more in the in the yellow variant, so it's more ripe. And then chin chin, um, which we use for the base of our cheesecake, is essentially like our, our traditional biscuit sweet thing. So we use that as the, as the base of our cheesecake, which is super. It works really well. Right, that's it. Can we get a moi moi, please? Uh, sinasa. Uh, a goosey bowl, yeah, suya meatballs, please. Ojojo, how many is that? A spice. How are you with spice? Good. Yeah, let's go for a beef iron mache. I want to talk about that one. Let's go for a dodo. Dodo, okay. Yeah. Can I say one set of the guys' menus? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. of course. Oh, you know what? And uh, let's do a sweet opera as well. Yeah. Can I also, can I try one of the, the porters? Is it the Echo? Yeah. yeah. Could I get a Zobo as well, please? Perfect. Thank you. So this is uh, Sienna. She's uh, she's 16. Yeah. Amazing. 16, bro. Yeah, that's what you need. I mean, just like, I'm just, I'm just not sure I had, I just, oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know, but like the ability just to pour customers and yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I trust. Like, yeah. That's the thing. I have actually let me and you run the floor tonight. I trust her to, to do the job. Like, that's for me. I just like I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I, I, I love the fact that we get the opportunity to work with you know, young people like that mm. and like seeing her growth as well. Like I remember, I always laugh about when she came to do an interview and like, she was late. She was late for a trial. I said, "Hey, I'm not sure about you, man. You know what I mean?" Like, and uh, she. Just come on, come on, leaps and bounds. Great. So yeah, it's good. It's good. I think that's what it's about. I think um, a lot of the time within uh, all of those things, it, you know, we're so. Uh, I was brought up in in a way. It's like first impressions mean so much, and it really all of that. But like, sometimes you have to dissect things a little bit differently and understand the reasons mm. behind those particular things, and mm. then try to. You know, hospitality is all about nurturing people in that kind of respect and allowing them to flourish and allowing them to have that time and space to be able to do that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, and it is a different kind of mindset. It was for me anyway, basically learning that kind of thing to be able to do that. I used well, to be as a manager. Yeah, yeah, I used to be quite strict and quite tough and things like that because I, I that was the kind of lifestyle in which I thought that like you know you navigate the world, but actually like you have to be a lot softer and gentler and like you have to have clear boundaries. But at the same time, like you know everyone doesn't know everything straight away. Like we're all just on a fucking. We're all just learning. Yeah. You know? I think for us there's some key like there's the attitude like, <coughs> set mistakes, there's the attitude thing, right? Like uh, you know, I, I'm making mistakes all the time, but it's like are you are you showing up, you know, showing up with a you know, good wanting to put effort in, mm. caring about it, yeah, but yeah. I mean, cool, like we'll try we'll try again tomorrow, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like um, and then I think you can get a lot of growth out of people with, who, who have that. But then that same time, and I say that because like, you have some people who have the technically great, but actually, attitude stinks. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Or coming back, oh, and I, I know it all attitude or something mm. like that. It's like, yeah, I ain't gonna, not really gonna run. No. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. So let's go through some of these. Are we are we recording all the time? Recording everything, all the times, everything's going live. 
So I think one of the interesting things is obviously, um, I'm quite intrigued for you to obviously paint a picture of your life prior to even, you know, the concept of Chukus being born and like, what, what was that world for you at that particular point? Yeah, thank you very much. Great, Chris. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Amazing, you. thank you. Cheers. Um, cheers, mate. Cheers, buddy. Um, I spent a lot of time in Newbury. <laughs> So prior to university, I did uh, an internship uh, in consultancy and I then went off to university doing economics and I was about just setting myself up for, like, my mum talks a lot about options, like she talks a lot, like, especially at that age it was like, just don't know a few options, do you know what I mean? I, I think that's like my one biggest advice to like young people, it's like, at that age, just do anything you can to keep your options open. Yeah, so if something's narrowing your options down, then unless you're absolutely 110% sure that you want to do that or go that path, then it's probably not the right thing because your, 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 minds or, your mindset will change or your opportunities will change in the next period of time. So, <clears throat> so, so um, during, during that uni time, like, a lot of mates were, you know, getting like, besotted by banking, um, you know, obviously a good good amount of wedge that could come from it. Um, I wasn't 100% sure what I wanted to do, you know, I'd enjoyed my, my consulting, I liked the, actually the diversity of projects and like industry sectors that it was gonna, it gave me exposure to, so post-uni, just boom, straight into the city, very green, learn about professional services, learn about project management, learn about, you know, business strategy. From a, from a, um, uh, um, you know, large business perspective. A macro uh, view. Yeah. Not, yeah, not granular. Yeah, not really there, because, you know, this is, and I say that because obviously a lot of people say this is really, that prepared you for this, and it, it just didn't, like, it just didn't. But yeah, I was spending a lot of time out in, you know, business parks and, in uh, Hampshire or Berkshire or you know wherever I needed to be for for a client, I was enjoying I was enjoying my life broadly, you know, making okay money, good money to be honest, good money, you know, living at home and just being in London. And, um, and the mean, meanwhile, I was kind of like this idea of, of a Nigerian food had been bubbling away in the background. Back to university days, my sister and I talked about it whilst, just before she started at university and I was already there. Um, at the time it was Nigerian food, we were trying to figure out, like, cheers, thank you very much. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Great, thank you so much. Um, so yeah, we were really trying to think about like what was the concept that we wanted to go down the road with and we hadn't really worked it out. Um, the conversation was like, we want to do Nigerian food and show people it basically. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that was back 2011. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, I'm in university, she's at university, you know, uh, it's very intense, especially for her, she's at Cambridge, then ain't no, ain't no joking, you no. know. <laughs> 
and then I come back. I'm I'm working in the city again in turn. So we're not really it's not really on our on our minds. And then, as I said, there was a mindset shift coming flying back. Actually, when I was flying back from Nigeria in Christmas 2014, as I said, I've decided to do this triathlon now. And I said, look, this concept of Nigerian food has been kind of floating around with a little bit. I really want to push it in 2015. Um, you know, I, I cite my my good friend Nigeria as a as a, as an inspiration because you know he was you know on building businesses, and I I really realised then like as as a young person, 24, yeah, you can build a business, you don't have to wait till you're 35. So I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. You, 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 okay. you know, I've, I've eaten quite a lot of this before. No <laughs> <laughs> way, um, I'm getting to it. And then, I've broke, so I've broken my wrist now. I've got six weeks off. And you know, I'm, I'm not idle, but I have time. My head's going through things, thinking about what what's happened this year, where, conceptually of trying to take this idea and I knew that I wanted to push it more in 2016. I think I wasn't really ready for what happened when I got back to work in Jan. I, I, I actually enjoy graft, like I enjoy putting in the work and, and, and then seeing the results and you know rest, I always find that rest that, that little bit sweeter when you've done that work. But one Tuesday um, we were planning for our first pop-up of the year and um, I spoke to uh, a guy who was our drink supplier at the time um, and he just asked me like a very simple question he's like so this Nigerian food thing I know you've been dabbling in it for a little while when are you gonna like just take the leap and I didn't have an answer like I just I literally just on the phone silent I was like oh you know well you know I don't think it's the right time he's like oh you know, but, you know what, what's stopping you no answer. I'm just like I left. I was in one of these uh, phone boxes on the office floor. I left. I went back to my hot desk, and I was like, "I'm done. I'm out." <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. That day, I called up my uh, my big sister. It's funny. It's funny who you go to in, in those in those moments. Like you know, my big sister. She's She's four foot eleven and a half, man. Uh, and don't forget I, the half, man. No, no, don't forget the half. Don't forget and I, and I've, I've got it most of the time. I've got me, but in crisis moments, uh, I'm often she's like, "Oh no, in crisis moment, big decisions." I'm like, "Sis, you know." And it's so funny. I, I say that because, um, I say you don't necessarily, you don't, you don't really always realize the richness of those relationships until those, those, those moments, yeah. Um, those pitch so, point moments. Yeah, those pitch point moments, and, and she's she's the one I'm gonna call, man. The first one. Um, As your mum would say, you need options, and you yeah, made options. I made options, I, and that wasn't like I, I really thought about those options, like, yeah. because I say that because like some people say like, oh, it was brave, or like, oh, you just made a leap. It's like, yes, but I thought about it. I, I brought down a lot of my expenses. I stopped kind of handing out with my mates so much because I just I knew something. Was, I said I knew something was gonna change my life. Um, so I kind of kind of planned for it, you know. I didn't have a mortgage at the time. I was, it was a good, it was a good thing. It was a good timing for that. Um, and that was it. I was out. <laughs> um, and it was just like that day you picked up the phone and you knew that day you were just like, this, this, this can't be my life anymore. Basically, um, it could be. 
what it was was that I want to try this other thing. Yeah. Because the, and I say that because if it didn't work, and then I didn't not like what I was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it could have been my life. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I want to try this other thing for a little bit. Right. I need to do this full time. <laughs> like this isn't something I can just do on the side. Like I, I need to be fully, fully invested in this from from a skin in the game point of view, from it. I know how if I was working part time in that industry and I'm saying I'm doing like two, three days a week, yeah, I'm not gonna stop my workload. I just need to do more work in those those in those days. I'm, yeah, like, yeah, first, yeah. I'm not gonna have that time. I need to you know, it's not every day you're gonna be like absolutely on it. I need like time to just do what I'm doing. So we had our, 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 our first official pop-up, as I said, coming up. In the 2016? Yeah, the beginning. Yeah. And I wanted to make the decision to quit beforehand. And I was encouraged, coming by who, maybe my mum, even my, just myself, I told myself, saying, oh, just wait. And the first one flopped, operation. Yeah, we had far more people than we could have expected, but it was a mess, an absolute chaos. And instead of thinking it was a mess, it was chaos, don't want to do that again, I was like, yeah, that's why I need to quit because I didn't have enough time to plan it. I need to work this out. Yeah, I didn't have enough time to plan it. Okay. I, you know, I was finishing work at like six, going down to check out different venues. I was tired, so I decided, yeah, that one will do. Got to, you know, doing an event for the weekend, start prepping for it on a, maybe I took a Friday night. I can't remember, like, you starting to work. Not enough time. And you, you end up giving shoddy, shoddy service. Operation was rubbish. Didn't know anything. Hadn't worked in the industry before. I need to go and do this full time. So that was, that was it actually, and then so for that, that, that kind of, in a way, had it gone well, maybe I would have decided, ah, I could probably. You'd have been like, I'm going to pull this off. Yeah, I, could, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I might have thought, I can pull this off doing, you know, working part time, but it, didn't, it went badly, you know, and I said, yeah, we need, we need, you know, we need to do this properly. And she also thought, yeah, because she had basically flown in from, from France uh, to be there for it. And she realised, like, yeah, I'm, this isn't going to work to do. We, I've got, <laughs> I need to be here. <laughs> we need to just, so we kind of... Sounds hectic. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work like that, you know. Um, and but, but, but in our head, we were like, oh, you know, we do like four, three, four years. So yeah, this year, that was only the plan. We do four events this year. You know, you come back for around the event time, but yeah. you really realise it needed a bit more attention than that and especially when we when we realized well not realized but when we decided what we is that we wanted to do right like you know even though we were still only did maybe like six events that year yeah something like that in the in the meantime what we were doing was in the meantime between all those was about learning you know, speaking to people, reading, whatever, like just having the opportunity to really soak up what this whole industry is about. You know, at the end of that year, we both end up getting jobs in the industry. You know, like we realise that look, to plug these certain gaps, it's not enough to just be theoretical. We just need to just be hands-on. You know, what's what's it like being a waiter? What's it like being a chef? Like in, in another kitchen, what can we soak up and learn? So we did like a number of work opportunities. We just got jobs work shadowing, you know what I mean, just to really plug a lot of the gaps and you know, we literally would be on the, on the restaurant floors, respective restaurants of different places, 
taking notes, you know. My manager would say something like, oh, write that down. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I see who, how he just talked to that guy. Oh, I don't like that. And we'd send emails to each other back. Like, we was literally, oh, saying, we should do this and we do this. Three, four, four, oh, how many? Like, it was, so it was, it was just like soaking up all this, all this knowledge. Uh, that was brilliant, to be honest. Um, but I don't think there was any other way that we could have got up to speed like you know and even when now you want to be hiring people who have more experience than you in that but like there's a very good grind we run the restaurant the restaurant floor or whatever like because you know we know what it's like we know what it's like to <laughs> have to pump ketchup into small bottles for a big for a big bottle or like you know clean the toilet so we do those we do those jobs you know, be ready to roll up your sleeves in that sense you know it wasn't just a case of oh we're gonna just coming in and set up this beautiful concept and like be managers and obviously now we we had to get and get get stuck in and we I said we're about you know I said about myself but you know together we we like the go after know it you know what I mean it's um, what we're here for so but I think as well like you're saying from the operational point of view to be able to be in a place to be able to learn what epos system we use how are we going to basically take payments how are people going to book online like to be able to book the times how is all of that going to go in yeah. how many people do you need to actually open a restaurant yeah. how many we people do you need to close a restaurant That's what, we what are the legal like, what are the legalities behind all of yeah. that thing um what are the good things about like why have a, why have a, why is a restaurant worked in a particular location but not how many tables do you actually need like the flow of people yeah. all of these kind of things that like seem so um obscure to someone when they go into a restaurant and not even like something they partake in I, but actually I, I one wrong i think actually because we go into so many restaurants people think it's so obvious like i don't think i think actually the opposite and i, I say that for myself because you know it's a hubris like it's running a restaurant right? i've been how many restaurants i've been into you just uh, and you realize and then when you do it you're like yo <laughs> actually there's a bit of considered thought for here like so i think it seems, you know, quite so often it works well when you go to places and think, oh, yeah. it's, how hard can it be? Yeah. Um, you know, look, it's not rocket science, yeah. you know, but it's, there's, there's skill to it. I respect, you know, the guys in the kitchen, like the way they look at tickets, the way they analyse their prep, it's different. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's not cooking at home, man. No. <laughs> it's not cooking at home. It's, it, is, it is a skill, I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of people don't appreciate the skill. I think what a lot of people do, if I'm being completely honest, is people romanticise about the idea of having a food concept or having a restaurant or having something. Because like you said, they go in like, oh, I do it like this or I do it like that. And they think those changes are really significant, but they go, but actually they play a major, major part in it all. Um, so yeah, it's very, very interesting. The food is absolutely delicious also. The the interesting thing is it's uh, it's a spice and a flavour profile that's something that's not really come across my palate that much. And it's great. So it's really nice to actually, like you said, to be explore explore different explore different things basically. Um, but it's not anything in which like uh, you can't wrap your head around. You can't wrap your head around, but it doesn't feel alien. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You, can't, you, you can wrap your head around it. Yeah, you can wrap your head around it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Completely. Especially like a Londoner's palate. Like you've eaten enough foods that the reality is you could probably wrap your head around most things. But I think 
first of all, with the eyes, people or, or, or the words. So like with a menu where, you know, let's just say we just named it, we had the title of the dishes without no explanation or what's in it. That would make it feel a lot more like alien. Yeah. You know, but actually, it wouldn't take the different take away the fact that the flavour is still the flavour. Or if case, the way things were looked or presented, you might think, "Oh man, I'm not sure how to, I'm not sure how to, to do this." Yeah, and there's, and there's actually this little thing, which is uh, you know, it's the intimidation. You know, sometimes people are a bit embarrassed. Like, oh, oh, I'm not sure I'm saying this correctly. I'm not sure. It's like, how do I get? It's like, man, chill. Like, food. These things are cooked for you. 100%. Yeah, you want to you pick up your hands, you want to use a spoon, like, it's, it, food is food, right? Like, you know, we had, I think sometimes this is, this, this, this overly intimidated, overthinking, etiquette thing about how we go about you know, eating. Like, it's just food, whether you were having the Nigerian tapas, the traditional Nigerian, you know, the way that we cook for you. You can get you can get on with it, and you should be able to get on with it because it's not it's not that not that weird. Completely. What were some of the major elements on that journey which really stand out to you? Wow. Um, Let's start with the community building. Something that we always want, we're like quite keen to do was just like create something that people could be excited about beyond the food. You know, we always wanted to be more than just about food. You know, community, the culture, you know, opportunity to be fun and light and but at the same time providing knowledge. That was that was always key to what we were trying to do. You know, we wanted to quite create a space in particular for um, the Nigerian community diaspora of you know our peers where they felt comfortable both physical space but also a virtual space you know where they could feel proud and certain things and all those who wanted to be part of that journey as well like or part of that story so that that community building was important and um, yeah I mean I just I, I always like to mention that I remember the days when we were just I hope was just to get 10 likes on the Instagram because when you got 10 likes then you couldn't see it got like it got rid of the number so like that was like oh then no one really know like unless they clicked on it because then even back in then you could still click on it but at least then it was that obvious yeah <laughs> um, so yeah like I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that we we're, we're a little bit a little bit beyond that now yeah <laughs> Um, and it's and and like oh, it's just such a delight. Like we have people from different parts of the UK. Some people have never even been to the restaurant in out out of outside the country. People who fly in from the country into the country who be like oh like a guy who's, who's been following our journey he hits me up in DMs like checks in with me because he doesn't see me he knows I'm being stressed. And like I know I don't know the guy. Yeah, I don't know the guy. Yeah, just been following. Finally comes in from America, and he's coming. He's like, "Oh my God!" Yeah. So and it's like, man, that that's so cool. Like you've been just like following. Yeah. Know, I really, really appreciate that. And obviously, kudos to us that we've kind of created something that you wanted to be like support, or you feel that like you're a part of that story. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think if we started ten years ago. Trying to build a community would have been much more difficult um, because social media um, 
you know, maybe wasn't as uh, prevalent. Yeah. Uh, and prolific as well, or, do you know what I mean? Or, or, or at least not even, you know, with Facebook being, at the time, being the more dominant, you know, it wasn't a way to, it was a bit more private. It was like social to your own you know, smaller network. But it, it allowed us to amplify what we were doing from literally our mum's house and kitchen into thousands of people's homes and thousands of people to get behind and that 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 literally fueled that that for four and a half years and because because they were the people that pop-ups mm. they were the people sharing that who then got to other people with the pop-ups they were then the people who were then supporting on the crowdfunding they were the people that we helped to mobilize to amplify that crowd but you know they they, they energized us in times when we were dark like what are we doing here you know, we've got a bunch of people who are actually really keen to make this happen. You know, isn't it just about us having a restaurant? It's about a lot of people that want to help us to have a restaurant. You know, that makes it that made a big difference because um, there was a lot, like, a lot of it's long. Yeah, it's a very you know, dark times. You're just thinking, what are you doing here? You don't know what you're doing. You look at this place, wasn't going. You don't have this money. You know, but then you know, seeing that people were really keen to for you to make it happen, yeah, you know, made you want to apply that that bit more. Um, and also knowing that whenever you did do an event, that you were going to have support, people going to be there, because they thought the concept was good. Like that, that that was like you know, it's a rubber stamp from the get go. That we've never, as I said, you know, even from going back to that first one, we didn't have events. You know, of course, we have days and events when we over where it wasn't always super busy but we always there was always people coming through right so that was like immediately telling us you know affirming that this concept could work like could it work to the, to the, to the extent that we thought it could we well that we'll, we'll only know that when we've got it to you know this this sort of level yeah we still haven't got to where we want to get to but to, at least at this level um, and that was important because uh, I will set back for the store because there's a number of people who also didn't really get pop-up concept, like what is pop-up like? You know, it was a thing for our age group. Yeah. Uh, people who were very more familiar with the cuisine, like it was like, but there's, having a restaurant has allowed us to be a community for people who just want to go to different restaurants, for people who want a space to hold, host their birthday, who want a space to come for Mother's Day, who want who are from the local area and just want to come to a restaurant in their local area, which you can't you can't get all those avenues of community building when you're doing a pop up, you know. Um, it's a different it's a different type of person. Um, so it's a different conversation. As yeah, well. it's a different conversation. Yeah, yeah the, 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 this one, let's say, and I say that community building because that stemmed all, that that us want to be a community, having a community, then also informed our choice about where we were trying to open. You know, we wanted to open in a place where we felt we could be of service to the community. You know, where maybe there wasn't a whole plethora of restaurants where we thought people would, you know, be proud to come and enjoy this space and, you know, patronise the space. Which meant that we then discounted the likes of Shoreditch and, and Central London. Not because they're bad areas for a restaurant, but, but because we didn't think we, there would be the areas where we could build 
build a community around. You know, they're more kind of and add the value that you wanted to add. Yeah, and add the value that we wanted to add, and then and then and then also informed because we looked at well, who's our existing community, and where are they, and where's easy for them to get to. You know, we pick it in a place where all these guys have been going to the pop-ups for three, four years, and now they can't get to the restaurant that they've been. Does that make sense? Do you know what I mean? So there was that I said, I'll go back to that, that was really that was really important because it informed a lot of our decision making uh, along the way. Um, ah, sight hunting was long. I bought new shoes. <laughs> I bought new shoes. I did. I bought, uh, I bought, I bought wallabies. Yeah. Yeah, Clark wallabies. Yeah. You know, the ones that used to use at school. For Mate, time. I had a pair of wallabies at school as well. For, for football. Yeah. Like, they were sick for football. Like, yeah. toe, toe, toe punch punch central, toe mate. Punch. I had the same conversation yes. with someone the other yes. day, man. It was just bad. Yes. <laughs> Little toe punch. What do you mean? Thank you. Um, yeah, but they critically that rubber sole was great, and it, because I, I didn't want to be rolling into trainers. Like you're tr I'm still trying to present myself to agents who are not taking me seriously, right? Like there's that. Okay, so not what that Nigerian Tata concept. This sounds laughable. <laughs> like they didn't take you seriously. You didn't really know. You, you had no. You had no. And was that a bit of a fight? Was it at times? Fight, yeah, man. Like in, and to the, to the extent which we got this place here. I respect the property agent, that like estate agent that we, like the estate agent that we that that we found this site with here, um, that we find this site with here. Um, it wasn't that he did he did he took us seriously. He just he just didn't not take us seriously. You know, I felt like uh, a number of other people were kind of like yeah, but like you're not really a big enough brand for my client kind of thing, you know, or... Yeah, when I ask you questions about, like, which were not really relevant, like, well, what am I gonna, why am I going to be going after a place where I don't have the money? Like, and maybe because loads of other potential buyers or uh, tenants were of that way inclined, but, like, we were just different, like, you know, and... Yeah, I think they wanted. Sometimes they wanted to hear about, oh, we're doing a, a burger concept or Nigerian burger. Oh, I can get my head around. But like something which was like this is like such a punt. But uh, you know, I remember coming to this. This place was the worst place that we had looked at. Um, story actually goes, um, there was a place in Dalston which summer 2017 or or. or 2017, it come, come onto the market. We had a look at it. We got, we didn't go, it didn't go through. And then came back a year later in the summer of 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what happened. Came back on the market in 2018, and uh, the guys got back in touch with us and said, "Hey, um, you know, uh, do you, you know, are you still interested? We almost struck a deal. We were about 5k." Um, under what they were asking for and then they decided not to go ahead with it and then end of that year so end of 2018 we now finally struck a deal I remember I said I was in I went to Nigeria in the end of 2018 so whilst I was in Nigeria we were you know, lawyers were stat stood up uh, we were going through the legals and we came back into 2019 looking ready to sign this place, sign. In the meantime, I still continue to look at other sites. And this place popped up 
at the beginning of 2019. I had a look at it, laughable. If I show you failures, this place was a joke. Like, it wasn't a restaurant, it was disgusting. And there wasn't really that much of an interest because we were working on another place. Um, working towards a summer 2019 opening. Um, and then around like March, April time, just things just got stuck on the legal. There was a clause which we just couldn't work through and we just end up pulling the plug. Um, which was gutting, like, you know, not what we wanted to do. You know, but like it would have just put us in such a bind. We were just like we're not really willing to. We're not really willing to do that. We were deeply upset. And um, yeah, at that time, like, I remember being really upset, but really calm at that moment. I mean, like, all right, cool. What else? And our mind started thinking about this space here. I came back and it's like it is a it is a hole, but I think the location, at some point, I actually think the size works really well for us. You know, could we make it work? The more we kind of thought about it, said, yeah, actually, this could really work. It's a job. <laughs> it's a big job. Like, to, and that was the other thing. A lot of the other places were already restaurants or cafes in some way. Like, you're going to renovate it, but like, there's already certain key bits in place. This was not. This was a money transfer site. You know. Uh, and you know, so like gas extraction, like electricity points, walls. like walls. In, that back wall was falling down, the roof was caving in, it was full of damp to uh, all around, it was mold, like it was, it was trash. <laughs> New floor, like everything complete, a uh, uh, gut job. New walls, these were caving in this way, had to put stud walls up so we could, yeah, you know, so it was a, it was a, it was a full on job, but. We thought about it and we're like, well, maybe that's the best place. We're trying to do something so different. Trying to put that different, that different thing on top of, you know, an existing framework. Maybe it's not the right thing to be doing. Actually, this would work better. Just actually taking, taking a complete blank canvas and just doing what we wanted to do with it. So yeah. Oopsie. Uh, yeah, that's what happened with this place. Um, so, yeah, we were, as I said, turned in summer, we were absolutely gutted about, and we just started working on through on this site. The guy, the agent, you know, he, he was pretty upfront with us all the time. Like, you know, I don't think he, I don't think he tried to, that's the thing, he didn't, he didn't try to blow smoke up our ass, and he didn't try to, like, belittle us either. He was just like, you know, well, the landlords want this, and this, and that, whatever. His boss, on the other hand, was a bit of a, yeah, I can't swear if I'm live in it. But. <laughs> Do whatever you yeah. want, mate. But um, nah, nah, nah. Give me, give me, give me, give me PG. <laughs> um, yeah. So he just, as I said, he he, he just. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Um, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't not take us seriously, which I think was, you know, so important for us because. Probably gave you a bit more confidence as well that yeah. you were treated in that way. That like you exactly. know, someone's seeing us and they can believe in us and they understand exactly. it. Exactly. Like, even though it didn't feel, you know, it was it looked a little bit disjointed. It was like, but the person was like, "We're here for you as well." Yeah. And, and so I don't think he said we were here for you. Yeah. Like he just like he didn't say I'm not here for you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like he's like, okay, cool. I'm an agent. You've got a concept. I put it to him. You see know, what happens. You see what happens. Rather than like, ooh, I'm not sure my guys are going to go, like, mate, like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, um, kudos to him. Um, nice guy, actually. 
So then obviously you went through the point of completely gutting the place. The walls are falling down, you're putting up new walls. I can remember you said, yeah, I remember first first all, seeing like a first wall. First of all, the legals took a long time. Okay. Uh, it was about nine, nine months. Yeah. So that whole negoti legal negotiation process was just like, in, its, in itself was, was really long. Uh, especially because obviously we had to change Change the use of yeah. this, so that was not just negotiating with a. With, well, first of all, we had to negotiate the landlord to obviously buy in to this subject to us being able to change and then get that convince the council that this was, uh, you know, acceptable. Yeah, uh, and that wasn't easy yeah. because. Yeah, like we're on the high street, like certain policies in place, yeah. uh, the reputation of maybe the the food concept that we were trying to do. Applying for an alcohol license, yeah, is yeah, that yeah. going to cause trouble? Yeah, exactly. Is that going to cause trouble? Yeah, yeah, things exactly, like that. Yeah, exactly. You've got to really change so, change the narrative, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was so all of that, and it was only once we had all those things in place as well that we were going to be willing to finally sign on the dotted line. But yeah. we, so we were on the, but we, we basically had tied into the fact that if we didn't get it, we were going to still have to pay them some money. So we were like, yeah. um, but we're not going to pay everything. It was like, you know, we're going to, I don't know, an, an amount like, which we knew if we didn't get all these licenses and permit permits from the council in place, we were going to lose out. But, and which is rubbish, right? Because if you can't do that, you still need that cash there to go somewhere else but you're under but yeah we took that it was a calculated risk finally got the keys and then we we're left with this place to to do uh, to change completely renovate um we'd already be kind of like doing the we, we, we basically by the time we got the keys we were ready to go we like line up the builders architectural drawings were already done and we were just boom, straight into it. Um, but even that said, as the builder said, you don't know what it is until you start pulling down walls and stuff. And when we started doing that, it became a realization that this job was a bit, gonna be a bit more ugly than, than was expected. And as I said, it was a big job anyway, because you're a complete renovation. It's your first time doing any building work, building job, like I never renovated a house before. I remember the guy talking about was it from Furlings. I mean, I learnt so much at that time. The roofs, when it angles of the wood on the roof. Yes. Yeah. I learnt so much tight at that time. Yeah. We moved the electrics, like the, the board from here it, outside into here, the gas, dealing with the, all the, yeah, negotiating with the utilities guys. Oh man, like it was, uh, it was an interesting project, right to the very bitter end. But that must have been really fun, like, you know, seeing that whole thing develop from the walls to, you know, the new shiny bits of equipment coming in and wrapping off the film that goes into them and slotting it all into place and, you know, standing in the kitchen without any pans or anything like that, pretending that you're cooking or something like that, you know, all of those fun, fun, like that, that journey. It was, that uh, it was fantastic. I remember when the day the signage <coughs> went up, I was, I mean, oh, yeah. I got, I got the name of the, of the restaurant on the on the high street. That's 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 what it's always been about, you know. So yeah, I was su was super happy and everything like that. But it was, you know, you know, it's just doing a doing a project. Every 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 single day counts. And um, there's a lot of contractors to to manage and align. You know, one one issue with one part like 
I really messed up the whole flow of the whole project. And, and you really set in time with your marketing and press team that you're trying to go live and at the, on this date, you're up against it. At the same time, you're trying to recruit a whole team. <laughs> and you've got nowhere to do your trials. You, you invite your chefs to your home so they can, uh, you can see if they've got any, any culinary skills, you know. So it was a lot of fun, like it was a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, obviously in the end we were open and that was really uh, a fantastic day. You know, we had invited family and friends over to basically open up the restaurant and uh, it was wicked. Amazing. And that came to, so that came to pass on like 13th of Feb, beginning of Feb? Yeah, so the, the, the family day, I think, if I top my head, was like the 11th, 10th okay. or the 11th. And then we opened on the Thursday or Friday, yeah. like the day before Valentine's Day. Okay. Um, yeah, but it was that same week. And that was like your soft launch, and that yeah. was obviously inviting people that have been to the pop-ups, the community down, understand it, let them know and see, and get the chefs that have been practicing in your kitchen a real practice, and get them, get them going and stuff like that. It was also live to the public from the get-go. Yeah. So, obviously, like, by the time we had, had a newsletter, we had the following on it, so everyone was invited down, but like, and we had a promotion going. So like, that, that first uh, 10 days, two weeks, the soft launch, but it wasn't just like only family, friends, it was like, we're okay. live, yeah, yeah we're yeah, live, yeah. let's go. Um, I'm okay, thank you. I'm all you. done. Yeah. Um, Absolutely delicious. Do you want to see the menu preserved? 100%. please. Thank you so much. Thank you. When we, when we had the opening on the Tuesday with family and friends, we literally toasted, um, we had a, a, a Nigerian drama in. We basically had a, like a, essentially the naming ceremony, which is super important in our culture. And we, we broke what's a nut called Kola nut, which is again very important ceremony. It was a very emotional day. I remember, I remember giving a speech and just I got absolutely choked because everything that you worked up to at that time, you know, you're going back from when you called your parents and told them you need a job, and then like four years later. You, yeah, four years later, you're now here. It's like, whoa, like, you know, and you're sitting in there with your co-founder who's been with you through thick and thin. It was very, very emotional. Obviously, getting the press, for me, as much as it's always a cool thing, it was, it was just more like part and parcel of like what we need to do. Um, I think the the Guardian interview with Grace Dent was a bit of a mad one because that day, um, I feel like, I can't remember if that happened just, I think that happened after the first lockdown potentially. But anyway, that day, then she came in, she sat on that table. Uh, I didn't know who she was and I wasn't supposed to be in that day and only because we had a staff in shortage that came in and I was sick. And so when I'm reading this interview and she's talking about like, oh, and the I said, what? I've never, I've never met this person. Mm. Oh, she must have got me confused because we had another, there's another guy who worked at the time with dreadlock. And then it was only when it was done, there was like, oh no, snap, that's when that happened. Um, and that was also fantastic. Um, I, loved, I loved how she put at the end, basically, like, 
you put down the check and said, oh, can you like yeah. write about some Google, a Google review will go a long way and things like that. And she was like, I think I can do a little bit more than yeah, that. Yeah, honestly, that is what I was so, like, I didn't, I didn't know who this person was. I remember, I literally remember the, the, who, who that table or three, it was three of them. And they enjoyed everything and, uh, you know, just being myself, whatever. And it was, it was so, that was super cool. Yeah. The hospitality industry, it moves so quick. I, I, I struggle to think, I think, you know, I speak to my friends and stuff like that and their job and like some days they have like really dynamic days where there's a lot thrown at them. But then they have days in which they have to like ponder and think upon things and like really develop it and understand how to move and approach the problem. I find this industry every single day, you turn up and it's a very different day. And you're not able sometimes to be present in those moments, like you're saying, for that opportunity to be able to, you know, relish in it. You've taken four and a half years, four years to get to that point. And a lot of people, they like you're saying, they're saying to you, like, oh, I'm thinking, look at this press and things like that. And you're like, I don't even have time to read it. Like, I've got to get on job now, kind of thing. So yeah. I think that's a very, very, like, it's, it's really, really poignant because I think a lot of people can't, can't understand that until they've been within it kind of thing. So you go from being a pop-up and it's you and your sister, um, you never really managed anyone before, to having a team of 14 other people underneath you of, you know, sorry, 16 to you know, mid-30s, some older, some younger, much younger than you, dynamics, personal issues, personal issues through a pandemic, you know, you know, you've got young people who never even worked before who have no idea what a pacelip is and what tax is. You know what I mean? You know, illnesses, people who've got their kids. Yeah, oh man, it's, <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> it's been a lot. It's been a lot. And a lot of learning. <clears throat> and I think that goes, links back to the point of, you know, you talking about looking at business in a macro kind of view and now you're in that granular kind of thing and understanding those individual moments which you think are so passing but actually they are the defining things if you don't have that um, conversation with someone about themselves or things like that they might actually not want to continue to work with you for that amount of time or things like that you know you, you, you hit the nail on their head and that in that um do you go on, go on. what are we having do you like cheesecake should we share a cheesecake? No. <laughs> I'm getting the yam brownie. Okay, perfect. Um, but... Can we share? Or is it all no. you? <laughs> can I have a little bite? You can have a bit, but you need to get your own dessert, man. Okay. Like... No, no, no. If we went for the cheesecake and the yam brownie. Yeah, but I don't want the cheesecake. Okay. <laughs> you can get the cheesecake, sorry. Okay. I really like the... Perfect, I'll have the cheesecake. <laughs> you can have some of the brownie, no. but I'll... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that. When we started, we brought on a general manager and a head chef, and we the plan was to leave them to do a lot of them to do the management uh, and to provide leave them you know, be autonomous. They wanted it, but things didn't go to plan uh, in in many ways. Um, but then critically, when was that was that because of the pandemic? Like you know, you opened the thirteenth. Oh, it's it for various reasons. For yeah, various yeah, reasons, yeah, 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 yeah. Individual quality uh, management stuff. Just various reasons. Pandemic, yeah. you know, new business, many reasons. Like you know, it didn't go to plan. But critically, so what then happened is when you had that management, it was like 
oh, there's a, a team issue, and we were like, oh, we'll speak to your manager about that, and then we'll speak to them, and kind of had that kind of like that distance, but it didn't really, it didn't really work. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, like I don't think I'm the boss. Like as much as I don't like that word, that's how my team see me. So if I say something then they react in a certain way, you know, good, bad or indifferent. And I have to then be very careful about you know, what I say, what I don't not say, the conversations I don't have, the conversations I don't not have. Um, because, you know, the, the, the hearing them out or the not hearing them out, you know, is so important. And I, I, I said, I don't feel, I didn't realise how important that people side of thing is. I put in a process, here it is, read it. Did it. No, 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 no. Like, I, I, I had a conversation five minutes before we we we, we started this uh, with my, my team members, and that conversation was absolutely needed because he needed to be able to express himself. I need to give him some clarity of where my feedback to him, you know, and just. Just, it's a completely, it's a continuous. Let's reconnect. Let's reconnect. Let's reconnect. Not just one like higher and then this is how we do things and let them go. Like it's a continuous like process on that. Um, and as as I said, I didn't. You know, I have I have a lot more two minute, five minute, one minute, thirty second conversations now than I than I did before. You know, we were like, oh, every couple of months we're gonna sit down and have this is how you've been. No, it doesn't like I need to I need to be there when like is it, like okay you're not you're frustrated oh you see you upset let's take it outside what's going oh that's what's going on at home wow okay cool what can I do you know though it's like it's important you know um, and ultimately like yeah, you know we know want to have your manager do that and at some point you're gonna be stepping away but I think at least you're kind of trying to instill. And in the culture and environment of how I want people to be able to be approachable, you know. But like, yeah, we've got a big responsibility, you know. Like, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, and as I said, I said before, like, I think a lot of people come into this workplace with trauma from other places in the industry, uh, um, you know, and and maybe aren't, don't feel they can be as open. Uh, and actually, and I know that because in the, sometimes if you've been open, they're like, wow, I just, they're literally in tears and because they thought that had they been this open about what's going on in their life, someone would use that against them. And I'm like, whoa, no, no, no. What we need to do is support so that then you can maybe do help, you know, help yourself and help us do a better job. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. So and change that rhetoric about the hospitality industry, or to change the rhetoric and what they think is, you know, their their, yeah, their selves. Their their, people, and I say that because there's a lot of places where it's not like that. Mm. But you know, it's unfortunate people have been in certain places, or or not even been in some places, heard certain stories of of, of what they need to be. Like, yeah. oh well, my, is my manager? So I, I can't speak out. It's like, oh, I don't really work like that. Like, yeah. You know, um, and it and it and it's what I, do, I I mean. Look, you run a business. I think it's also fun to find about you and you're running a business as much. Thank you. No you know, I, I care. Gone. Have a have a have a look. 
I'm you sure? Yeah, not really, I'm not. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the, in the, in the spirit of hospitality <laughs> and that, especially tapas, sharing. Like, <laughs> I'm not that convinced. <laughs> I like this. Very good. Look, everybody wants to run, manage, lead in their, in their own way. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important to decide on your the style of leadership management you want to do. Like for me, I care about the people a lot, but it's important to them. Like I think about certain managers that I want to emulate. Um, and so whilst we, we need to do the job and be professional with it, but I think it's important for me to know what's going on in other people's lives yeah. and what how that may affect how they then go and do the job. Yeah. And if there's mitigating circumstances on that particular day, you know, a trend of a, a behaviour is one thing, but a particular incident, you know, I need to question what's gone on there. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, things go on all the time. So does it feel... Um, does it now feel to you like this is like a, the proper reopening? Because you only got like a month window yeah. before. Do you feel now like you're in bedding and you're yeah. starting? Yeah, yeah, 110%. Uh, like it, it's frustrating in one what sense because we do not have the momentum that you talked about and that's, before. And that's of, why I was... Of what we had yeah. back in 2020. Yeah. You know, we came in with gusto and, you know, everything. We don't have that, and so we, have, you know, we, you know, we're not at the level that we were when we first started, and that's a shame. However, operationally, culturally, we've now finally got an opportunity to. We've now finally got an opportunity to build, because we are here. We're open day in day out. It's a lot to deal with, right? When you're just trying to, especially when you're just still trying to get to grips with the. The absolute basics, yeah. you know, and it, it doesn't help that like also, like I take let me take a case in point when we had the whole furlough thing, and everyone thought they were protected, and then we read the small print, and you realise oh actually you 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 recently joined with me and you weren't on payroll between this time frame, you you're not supported like that was a really hard conversation I had yeah. to have with certain individuals and team, you know. And what was so messed that up was initially I thought they all were cool. And you've informed them, yeah, this is coming out. You've seen everyone's seen the headline, everyone's not excited, but everyone's relieved. And then you realise, oh, actually for you, 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 that you doesn't count. And actually I've got no way of supporting you. So yeah. like at least if I could have had that conversation up front, it would have made a big difference, you know? Yeah. So through that time. There must have been some squeaky, squeaky bum moments, man. Yeah, so... Because um, uh, you only I, I been getting money I through think, the till for not I that long, life you know? is about a series of commitments. Yeah. Um, and, like, I think you can want to do something, you could be a centre, you can be motivated, but like, it's only when you're actually committed um, that you would be willing to just work through like really different items. And I think we were one actually personally committed to the project, but also legally committed to the project, right? Like, 
well, what am I going to do? I'm tied into a lease for X amount of time. I've, I've got I fixed to, the wall, man. I've, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've invested. I've got to find a way to make yeah, yeah, this yeah. work and to stick this out. And, you know, to some degree, it was at that, at that moment in time, it was like bat, bat, batting down the hatches in terms of, you know, finance and whatever. Like, we just, you know, you're just bleeding, right? And so it's like, yeah, stop that. That needs to stop coming out. Negotiate with that person, you know, some 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 pay, some time off. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy. Like, I think coming into it, we we're always prudent, and we are. You know, I think that's that's from a an individual. You know, if you actually just <laughs> look at my life. Uh, some may even call me stingy. I don't think I am. Uh, I think you know. I think those who know me know I'm not. But like, I'm, uh, if I don't see value in it, like, why would I just spend money unnecessarily? Like, so that really came to play in terms of how you rationalise a lot of decisions. Like, do I need to be doing that right now? Well, what's the value of that right now? Like, you know. And also in terms of when we were just in the building project or, or the project, or I say building project, not just the building work, but in the phase of building to get here, a lot of the thinking was like, well, you know, just, you know, you, I remember like at architects, like, oh, we, need to, we should get this. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting that floor in there. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and like, good guy, done wonders with the place, but we also had this. You know, like that challenge. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. mate, that's a, that's another three guys with the floor, and we're four. Like, nah, like, <laughs> we just we had that. And then critically, I was like, well, I want it to look like that. So, what's another way? Like, what are the options? <laughs> like, you know, we had that sort of like conversation. Yeah. Like, often. Um, so that meant that you know, you know, some of the cash that we had raised and stuff, it wasn't all just gone by the time right. we opened. Like, we were. You know, we had you had some reserves. We had some reserves in a sense because we knew that year one was probably going to be a, a flop year, you know, and it was even more so than we expected because obviously it was what it was. Um, but that, yeah, fundamentally that. So you put that into your business plan at that particular point yeah. and how it all went. So really, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't think but, a lot. But, of, but, but, but I don't think a lot of people would have done that. Yeah. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but I think that's why a lot of lot of restaurants and a lot of people do fail in that thing because I don't think they have those contingencies in plan. I yeah. think, you know, like I said, they romanticise around it. They believe that they've built this beautiful thing and the doors are going to open and it's yeah. just going to be like it is right now. Yeah, do you know I suppose, what I mean? I suppose we had the contingency, but not <coughs> maybe not to the, the level that we that we would that we realise not realise we but we ended up needing that too. Um, but then I think the other thing which was that we also had we also like we also had done something which was beautiful and, and people gonna come through the door. So that meant like at any opportunity that the, the shutters could be lifted, there were people, maybe not at the level that we wanted to be, but here, you know, and that was important that you know, some of the some of the decisions we had taken in terms of being here allowed that like we were not in shortage of central London where everybody was avoided or those sorts of parts yes, of town, okay. right? So he actually had me he let me fight a little bit, so I'm quite <laughs> happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, y
it wasn't that people were necessarily going to business city centre where they were like, oh, I'm trying to avoid right now. There was a local community who's still working from home, whatever. Oh, look, well, we can go out to eat. We will yeah, go out yeah. to eat. You know, um, the transport where we are has always meant that it's a good connection. I know you're South London. Actually, it's not that even that it's still not that challenging to get this one change. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 so yeah. all those things kind of enabled us. You know, we're on a high, we're on the, the high road. That was important. Yeah. You know, we didn't want to be. You know, I know they can have it. It'd be cool to maybe be like tucked away. So no, 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 no. We wanted to be bold. We wanted to be visible. And so a number of those things have enabled us. Had enabled us to kind of mean that we could still get custom whenever we there was an opportunity to, which fundamentally allowed us to. To, to keep going but it was long it's like you know it's very damaging <laughs> very damaging um, yeah very damaging to the plan but we're, we're here and i'm really excited for for you as well now for that point to be able to like you say because of circumstance you're very much more within the business than what i think you maybe imagined at the beginning uh, but it seems like actually that's been a real enlightening experience and probably actually is it only going to galvanise you and give you more armour to be able, or more, I don't know, ammunition to be able to take this and then if, if there is an expansion plan or anything like that, to be able to know the inner workings even more, right? Yeah, I think the other thing is, although it was a cock-up and didn't work out, I still almost think it was a good idea what we did. What was a cock-up in what respect, oh, sorry? having the management in place. Okay. Because what it happened is from that early phase, one, it allowed us to do some other stuff, like the press stuff, which we couldn't have had to do, like, if we had to be as involved as we are here now. Um, two, there was a lot of other setup things that just need to be done at that time. Like, right now, we're broadly set up, right? Right. We'll shut down tomorrow. We're open. You know, we, we know where supplies are. Do you know what I mean? But we weren't. We weren't anywhere near that at that stage. And then, and then the, and then the other thing was. It did. They did help us in some of the thinking. We've now taken on that. I'm not sure why that's the idea there, but some of the some of the things in place, checklists and stuff. Help, oh, but about other place we do this, other, which was good to have that, you know. Um, a pair of fresh eyes. Yeah, but a pair of fresh eyes, but also experienced eyes. They're more yeah. experienced eyes. Now, did they did it work? Cultural fit? Did they were they you know all of that? Maybe not. <laughs> but there was some there was there were some elements of of positive. Uh, support to the business. I can't. I can't just completely tarnish that or say it was complete cover for us to go with that down that route. Uh, but now it's also been a good opportunity to kind of be back with the business, be back with the team, and be you know the go-to people for everything, which yeah. is, has its own drawbacks, right? It means you're always on. Like, but yeah, we are where we are. Great. So. Um, I guess really now, I think, I think we've smashed this, if I'm being completely honest, yeah. timing wise, I'm going like to have to make a move. That's what uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, so, it's basically, I know that you're here all the time and you eat a lot of this food, but do you have any hidden gems that you'd like to share with anyone? 
know any hidden gems. I don't know the hidden like you know if you read my read uh, any piece which asks me this question. My favourite restaurant in London is Burrito. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Burrito. I work, I work the the one in Hackney Road. I've actually never been to one in Exmouth Market. No, same. Uh, I really enjoy it. I like I like the space. Um, I go back and every now and then there's a team member that I used to work with there, but yeah, all in there I enjoy the food, um, I like where it is, like yeah I like it, <laughs> I like it, um, also I'm not someone, I'm not like, yeah, going, going back to me being stingy perhaps, I'm just not a fancy, I'm not an overly fancy person, so like I don't need to be going to the Shard or I don't want to, I don't, I actually never been, like, you know, so I like, I just like what it is, like, I feel it's good food, good environment, good chill, yeah, yeah it's my, it's my, it's my go-to spot. Uh, Drinks-wise, absolutely love Matt Maison in, um, in Kingston Road, Haggerston, obviously at Haggerston Station, uh, yeah, I'm not going to say too much about it because it's been some very personal, uh, great occasions there. Yeah. So, you go to Morito, yeah. you get the seat at the bar overlooking, seeing everything. Who do you want to be there with, if you could be there with anyone? Oh, as in, be there with anyone like... Well, I think in my mind it's like framing it in the respect of is there anything in which you would like to learn from someone? Yeah. So to be able to have a like, you know, I feel like I've learned a lot this evening from you and I think that's been great and I would be intrigued to know who you'd like to share that kind of experience with. Jürgen Klopp. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I forgot you're yeah. a big Liverpool fan. Yeah, but it's not big about being Liverpool. a only be a Liverpool no, fan. No, okay. I, no, I agree. I like I like his I'm I'm really interested in his management style when I talk about like his personal nature. Like I don't clear, like, I don't agree with all of the things that he says. Like he says certain things about his stance not that he starts on the politics, but the way he talks about certain things. I'm just like I but that's anything in life, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but there's there's a, there's a there's a lot that I do that I do like, uh, and I would love to sit down and have a chat and just be like, you know, when you're thinking about this person, like how do you, how do you think about going back building teams? Why is this important to you? So forth, so forth. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be cool. Um, other than that, like. No, I think uh, that's good. Really, really nice. But honestly, this has been an absolute pleasure. Everything was beyond delicious. Um, do you know what? I didn't even ask you through. What was the little? Re what was the red sauce that came with? With like the, the like uh, dumpling things. So that's just like a red stew, which is like stunning. tomatoes, red peppers, ginger, and that basically that is the stew, which then jollof quinoa or jollof rice traditionally we get them steamed in okay yeah. so like the best that's amazing everything honestly was fantastic and i just want to say thank you for having me in your restaurant this Pleasure. evening it's been amazing great to see you man thank you so much mate that was perfect i'm honestly. gonna i'm just gonna run to the loop yeah 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 <laughs> i hope you enjoyed that episode of service please if you could tell one other person about this podcast or even use their phone to like follow and share, it will be much appreciated. You can also go one step further and become a patron of the podcast via www.serviceplease.io. 
Any monthly contributions will help amplify the voices of the hospitality and wider food industry, enabling more people to understand the innovations and daily struggles of one of the most dynamic sectors, and of course, the tastiest. <laughs>